Hey everybody, it's Raul Gonzalez. And I'm Oscar Ibieta. And we are Medicare Agent IQ. Why do we do this show? We do this for agents who are either new to the business, if you're trying to gain some knowledge and, and uh, learn more, sharpen your tools, or for the agents who have been in the business already for, for some time and you're, you're looking for a platform to, to sharpen your tools. So no matter where, you at, where you're at on your, on your path in, in this Medicare world, uh, we feel like we have good content for you, uh, whether you're new or whether you're a veteran. Yeah, and especially on the subject that we're going to go through today. So a lot, a lot of the different uh, agents that we talk to in, in, in different markets, like markets like San Antonio, where we have a very, very high penetration rate. And if you don't know what penetration rate means is the number of people enrolled who are eligible enrolled in a Medicare Advantage plan. So in San Antonio, we have a very, very high uh, penetration rate in places like, you know, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, there's there's kind of a large metro. South Florida is very, very high. And so there's a lot of agents that work in these markets that don't know much about Medicare supplement, almost at all, right? I, I could tell you that there's a lot of agents that I, I know personally who have maybe sold one or two. One of the best Medicare Advantage agents I know has sold three and he talked to me about it the other day. That's why we decided to do this. Is he was like, "Yeah, I'm thinking about selling more MedSup." I'm like, "Oh, really? Okay." So now, now we got to give you a little bit of training. Yeah, there's a fear. Whenever we have com we have conversations with agents, uh, we tell them, "Hey, I feel like if anything, it's probably a little more complicated to sell Medicare Advantage plans because there's so many rules and and there's so many different types of plans that have different rules, different coverages, and all that." And when it comes to to MedSups, for the most part, these things are standardized. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're, you know, when you say that, it just kind of like a light, just like went off. Maybe we should start people with just selling Medicare <laughs> supplement, right? Because because Medicare supplement is, uh, you know, so we live in Texas, and that's that's where most of our business is done here in Texas, and so our we go by the federal standardized rules when it comes to Medicare. A Medicare supplement, so plan A through N, and and the plans that are available, you know, with the with with the rules from the Medigap Buyer's Guide. And so, what I will tell you right now is there are some states, obviously, that have different rules, and in particular, at least we know Massachusetts, Minnesota, and Wisconsin have have different rules. And so, if you know, obviously, if you're doing Medicare and you're in those states, you know that there are some differences. So we just want to you know highlight that, and of course, Washington State and a couple other states have you know guaranteed issue and open enrollment rights and, and things like that 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 not every state does so what what we're talking about today is really more of the standardized state so I just want to kind of throw that disclaimer out there we want we want agents to to fully understand that but I want to talk real quick about kind of a misconception first of all in let's talk about what, what is the ideal medic Medigap or Medicare supplement customer look like when you're out talking to somebody, I mean, what you may think is somebody who definitely has the means, right? Or, right. or can one way or another is able to come up with the means because as we know, these Medicare supplement plans, they all have a, a premium to them. And most Medicare Advantage plans in most markets do not. Um, so you want to make sure that when you're when you're meeting with somebody that they do have the the financial means to, to be able to um, to enroll in one of these. But then there are other questions. You know, there are other other things that you want to discover in that needs analysis. You know, are they do they have a, a lot of doctors? Are they looking for are they looking for freedom? Do they do they have a need for for the freedom? Do they have a lot of uh, medical things already going on you know if they're if they're new to medicare and, and they're newly eligible for a medicare supplement plan um, 
maybe they've got some health issues that they've been dealing with over the years. And so maybe that particular individual may make sense to, to place them on a Medicare uh, supplement plan. But all that's done and it's discovered in, in the needs analysis and you're giving them all their options. Yeah, so really I would argue that there's not like, a, like the way that a person, like you can't just walk into someone's house and be like, yep, Look around. Look at the look at the <laughs> look at the look at the banisters and the the art on the walls. They're like, yeah, this is a med sub client for sure. It, because you know, to be honest, like you never know. Uh, I I was when I first started in 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 Medicare. I, I remember there's a lady who's kind of borderline um, borderline. Um, qualifying for Medicaid. And I was very surprised when, after kind of going through a needs analysis that she wanted a Medicare supplement. And so this individual, she is uh, in our market, very, you know, obviously in, in the San Antonio market is a, a very high penetration rate. The plans are, are, are very good, large networks and everything like that. But what mattered to her was knowing how much she was gonna spend every month and having the flexibility to go to the doctors that she wanted to go to. So for her, she was just like, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I am going to, uh, I'm gonna go with the Medicare supplement. And so she chose a, a Medicare supplement. So it's, it's every, every individual is different. And so what I would encourage people, I saw a, a TikTok the other day where some guy was uh, saying, here's, here's, here's the breakdown. If you're broke, you're on a Medicare Advantage plan. If you're not, you're on a supplement. And honestly, it's just, it's just not the it case. It makes right? sense because yeah. we've seen the opposite where you, you've yeah. got clients who, who are millionaires and they're okay being on an HMO plan. So it's, that's not, you know, I hate yeah. that, that that was said. Yeah, no, it, it, the, the reality is, is that everybody is different and everybody has different needs and, and what's most important to them. So the best thing to do is to go through a full needs analysis and get a get to know the individual that you're working with. So that way you can make a, an educated, kind of they're, they're relying on you to remove your biases and to say, hey, look, this is, I don't care what you would go on Oscar. What I care about is what, what makes most sense for me yeah. and that's that's the reality and there's so many so many agents that that just uh, they, they missed the mark on that and I, I would love to see people just kind of eliminate that their own biases and just go through and and figure out what's best for that individual yeah so I would advise get comfortable with both get if, if you do more meds up get comfortable having the conversations about Medicare Advantage plans or if you're med advantage heavy uh, get comfortable with Medicare supplements, regardless of the market that you're in, because at the end of the day, your clients are relying on you to to let them to make a recommendation as to what makes the most sense for them. And so having the ability to actually present all options to them, it goes a long way and it makes you more valuable to your clients. Yeah. And so what I'll say real quick is that this is not this this uh, podcast today is not a full training on Medicare supplement. And so with that in mind, I do have one. So if anybody is like, man, Raul, to be real honest, I wish you were training on med subs today. I do have a full training that I've done. It's about an hour long. If you shoot me uh, a, a direct message, as what do the kids say, slide into my, <laughs> <laughs> slide into my DMs there. And, uh, and just send me, send me a message and, uh, and I will gladly send you send you my uh, my training and, and just ha happy to share that. So that, because again, that's not what this is. So, but we are gonna go a couple of things. I would say if, if I had to, if I had to guess, I would say that the, the plan G is the, um, the option that most people go with. 
Did you say that? Yeah, I think that it's G and just real quick, it's very similar to the F, right? Yeah, very similar. The only difference is the part B deductible. So the plan F covers covers everything, right? Quote unquote, covers everything. Uh, and the only difference between an F and a G is that the G does not cover the part B deductible. So that's once you pay the part B deductible, I always tell people it, it pretty much turns into a plan F. Yeah, pretty much. It just, it, everything else is covered for the rest of that year. What's, what is the, uh, the deductible for 2023? $226, the oh. Part B deductible for it went down some, right? From last year? Yeah, it was 232 something last like that. year. I don't remember. Yeah. Was, last year was so long ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so so I would I would say that that's probably the, the option that you'll see the most. And then, of course, there's Plan N, which has a copay if you go for most doctor visits and $50. It's a $20 copay for most doctor visits and then 50 if you go to, um, to the, the ER. ER and as long as you're not admitted. Right. And, and so you've You've, you've, you've got those costs. And then of course there's some excess charges that, that really you won't see too much. Most, most doctors aren't charging excess charges. So you don't have to, uh, you don't have to be too concerned with that. I would say it's always, it's always a risk, but, but it would, it's not something that would stop me from buying a plan in realistically. And so the premiums are going to be a little bit lower for, for plan in. And so usually, you know, I would say in, in, in kind of the standardized states. So that's important to know. Of course, there's, you know, different ways that, that these plans are rated. You know, there's com community rated, issue age rated and attained age rated. Do you have the kind of the the worksheet on that, just to kind of give everyone a quick explanation. And I'll say that here, here in San Antonio, for for the most part, plans are only uh, they're 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 only attained age rated, and except for there's like one company that has uh, issue age rated yeah. plans, right? So um, if you want to just go ahead and give just kind of the quick explanation. Yeah, there's so there's three types. Uh, community rated, which that that's pretty simple. Everybody gets the same price based on where you live. So it doesn't matter your age uh, or your gender, wherever you're at. If, if there's a community rated uh, plan available, everybody's paying the same price. Pretty simple. Yeah. Um, then there's issue age, issue age, which I pretty can, simple, but we don't see too many of them. Right. right? <laughs> like it's, like it's, it's very difficult to find one. Like in Texas, I, I'm not even. I don't know that I one. know of yeah. any. Uh, and then you do see some issue age. So issue age, I, I always compare it to like a life insurance policy. So when you when you buy it, you buy it at this age, you're locked in at this rate. It's the same uh, with Medicare supplements. So you buy it the age that the policy is issued. That's the price you get. And that's the price that you're locked mm -hmm. into. The only caveat to that is that the, the the rates do still change. And what I mean is, is that if if the cost for 65 year olds has gone up and you're going to see, you can see it. So you're not locked in like life insurance, but you're locked into the age that you bought it at. So you're, right. so regardless of, of the situation, if you're 60, if you bought it when you were 66, you're going to be paying what every other 66 year old is, is paying whoever, whoever got it at 66. Yeah, so it could look different. It could. And, and, and that's the only, and so I would like to always mention too, that there are some risks there, right? Cause like as, if, if the average client, uh, that bought at 65 is now 75. We're going to see some, you know, that that's going to be a pretty significant uh, increase in what what a person's playing as compared to an attained age rated. And then there's attained age, yeah. which is so it's the premium based on your current age 
So the age that you've attained, so your premium goes up as you get older. Yeah. So if you buy it at age 65, you get the price of a 65 year old. And then at age 66, you're gonna see an increase in your premiums because you're now a year older. So it's an increase in premium because you're a year older, but then like you just mentioned, that company may increase their rates as well. Yeah, and I would say that you could really argue the, the you could argue for either one. You could argue for uh, for attained age over issue age, and really, what it, it, it comes down to is is the person's, uh, you know, what 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 the individual thinks is better that you're selling it to. But you know, the the issue that I've run into in realistically with kind of med subs and especially attained aged is that I had a client not too long ago who called me. She was one of the first people that I enrolled. And, you know, of course I enrolled her when she was first turning 65 and her premiums were like $90 a month or something like that back in 2013. And then this last AEP, she called me up. She was like, man, my, my, my costs are way too high now. She was paying like $330 a month. Believe it. Plus, a, plus her Medicare Part D premium. So she's paying some pretty significant costs. So the only issue is, and one thing I always like to make sure to, to let people know is, you know, the rates do go up. And especially like once you hit around 75 years old, if you have, you know, different issues and different things, it may be difficult to, to purchase a new Medicare supplement. So. Yeah. And it might make sense now because we're, we're seeing today more and more people are working past the age of 65. And so they're, they're opting into Medicare and they can get a Medicare supplement because it fits their budget now yeah. uh, because they're working. But later on down the road, five years later, things can change medically for them or they can choose to retire. And now they're on a fixed income could look a little bit different. So now they might be making a little less money. And if it's an age attained policy, those premiums are going up. So if you have any clients that are on Medicare supplements, it might be good to check in on, check in on them. You know, every, every year you want to be constantly in contact with all of your clients, but for the sake of their premiums, it'd be good to, to monitor those. But that being said, for the most part, Medicare supplement clients are pretty low maintenance. Yeah. It's a pretty low maintenance uh, clientele. Yeah, what does the claim process look like? It's very simple. You yeah. just, the, 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 it's, it's billed to Medicare. So whenever you go and see your doctor, the doctor bills Medicare. Um, and then Medicare bill pays their portion and they send the remaining portion, the remaining balance over to the Medicare supplement company and then the company is the one who pays the remaining balance on that bill. So nothing is, is there's no responsibility on the client or they're not having to pay anything or get reimbursed. All the work is done on the back end for them. Kind of makes sense why doctors are <laughs> like, <laughs> they love yeah, it. we'll take a med sup. Absolutely, because of the fact that there's very little work on, on the end of the doctor's office. They don't need to have a separate bill. Like the, the billing is done, you know, Medicare lets the, 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 the most of the Medicare supplement companies know what their, what their cost is and then just kind of send that in. So obviously it, it makes it easier so one of the questions that we receive a lot, like kind of a frequently asked question is, can I keep my own doctor if I choose a Medigap policy? The, the, the typical answer is yes, right? Yeah, the typical answer is yes, as long as the doctor takes Medicare. So if the doctor, so when you're asking, I, I will tell clients, when you ask your doctor, uh, don't, don't tell them if you sign them up for Mutual of Omaha or for Humana or for AARP MedSup, you don't wanna call the doctor and ask them, do you take this company? The question is, do you take original, do you take Medicare? And if they yeah. take Medicare, then your Medicare supplement can go right in there with you. That was an issue I used to have a lot when I was working at Humana is that people would 
do that a lot where they would call into the doctor's office be like, yeah, just signed up for a new Medicare supplement with Humana. No way, we don't take Humana. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Wasn't there another thing where the Humana Medicare supplement, the card used to say Humana Dental? Yeah, depend, like so in different states. So so they, they always kind of like every every seven years or so kind of reintroduce a new plan. And there was a there was a time where the 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 plans here in Texas were uh, Humana Dental. And, and then there's another one of like, it's Humana Supplement of Illinois, but it's sold here in Texas. Yeah. And so like, there's like, just the names can, can be a little bit confusing. But what I would tell people is, is go in and tell your doctor you have a Medicare supplement, you have a secondary um, uh, insurance and uh, Medigap, throw out all, throw out all the words. Mm -hmm. and, and so that way they understand, look, this is not an Advantage plan. This is not, you know, some people call the Advantage plan a replacement plan, right? And so I would, sometimes I would coach my, clients say, hey, look, this is this is not what some of these doctor's offices are calling replacement plans. It's a Medicare supplement. Make that very clear when you call because it can be confusing. Even, you know, these these billers, they, you know, they have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of patients and, you know, they they see all the different plans. They just know, hey, I don't take Humana. I don't. That's one thing we know. But then it turns out for a Medicare supplement. Sure, you yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, a lot more freedom, right? You yeah. get you get the nationwide coverage yep. um, with with the Medicare supplements anywhere that Medicare is accepted. Your Medicare supplement can go with you. But one thing I would I would th that you mentioned earlier, and, and I just want to make sure that it didn't miss everyone, is that you said, "Can I keep my own doctor?" Well, as long as I accept Medicare, and it's not every doctor accepts Medicare, and so we need to make sure that that you understand that. And when you're presenting to your client, that they understand that also. Like, you know, the worst thing that would happen is if, if they get there and the doctor's like, no, I don't accept Medicare at all. And then they're like, oh, well, you lied to me, Oscar. You told me that I could go to any doctor that I wanted to go to. Yeah. Like, well, as long as they accept Medicare, that's what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so you wanna make sure to be clear, but but generally speaking, most most doctors are, are taking Medicare every now and then. There is a rare occurrence where you'll run into that. So just make sure that you're clear when, when you communicate that to your clients. Yeah, hey, real quick, just out of curiosity, and I know I probably have a different answer than you on this because it's kind of just, it's gonna be your opinion, but how do you decide which Medicare supplement to sell? Like if, if uh, I just mean that there's probably, if you do a, a quote, you can see like a hundred different companies or something like that. What are, what are, how are you deciding which ones to work with? I, I usually stick to the to the larger carriers. I, I like to I think about consistency. I, I look at how how long these these companies have been in business and and how they've um, you know what their what their increases have looked like year mm -hmm. over year. So I'm looking for consistency. I'm looking for stability. And so I tend I, you know personally I'll, I'll tend to shy away from those those smaller companies because that's a lot of times they'll get people with what we call the the honeymoon rate. Right, they'll get you in at a lower rate, um, and then later on, you know, as the years go on, they're gonna they're gonna bump up those premiums significantly as opposed as opposed to some of the larger carriers. They're very uh, consistent when it comes to their premiums. Some of them, yeah, and yeah, with with those with those smaller companies, I've even seen like this happened. Uh, and I don't want to call the company out, but there was a company that that isn't traditionally a Medicare supplement company. They came in with this really, really low rate in Texas about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so they came in and within like four years, they stopped selling and uh, 
you know, they, they didn't want people anymore, and but they'd come in with these super low rates. But what they did is they, they really, those, those rates skyrocketed. And the reason they did that, they didn't want to pull out they were just hoping people would leave the yeah. leave the plan. They, they, those rates really did skyrocket. So I would say that you know I like to to choose based off of the same thing. I, I want an established company that's been doing this a long time. I'm, I'm you know I'm happy to say like the the, the mutual of Omaha's those types of those type of companies been doing it a long time. Always make a lot of sense. Aetna has their companies. Um, you know the Cigna. United, Humana, and every one of them kind of has good reasons. And so when when rates are within a couple of dollars of each other, that's pretty much the companies that I go with. And um, what kind of would like to bring up is that the way that companies are competing is obviously based off of rates, but also how, how well they offer service, right? Like how, like I think that there's there's companies like uh, United Healthcare, they're really kind of doing it right when it comes to Medicare supplements, the ARP plans here in Texas, kind of doing a great yeah. job, right? So yeah. Another great way to make that decision. Um, another, there's, there's kind of some questions or ways to answer. A lot of seniors, if they've known their mom or dad had a Medicare supplement that covered prescription drugs, and, and so a lot of times they're looking like, wait, I thought this was supposed to cover everything. <laughs> and uh, how do you how do you kind of explain that, especially if they've seen through the years that that, that prescription drugs used to be covered on Medigap policies? It's a lot different now uh, because uh, they're not. And so what people are usually well, what people are doing is you've got to get these days you've got a, you've got to get a Medicare supplement and you've got to pair it with a standalone uh, prescription drug plan as opposed to. And I don't even know that. I mean, how long ago was this? Because because I don't know that I was even in the business yet. Before Part D when, came out. Yeah, so, so yeah, it was prior 2005. to 2005. Yeah, 2006, yeah. I think, is when Medicare Part D started. Right. So as long as I've been in the business is, is how I've known them to be. But yeah. I've heard, hey, I, my parents, you know, they had their drugs covered, and that's not the way it works anymore. Yeah, and just kind of make, make, make that clear. Medicare uh, supplement, usually if you go that option, you also want to get a prescription drug plan. It makes a lot of sense to, to do that. I'm sure at some point we'll have like a full explanation on why part part yeah. D makes makes sense. A um, couple other things, just kind of misconceptions that people have is you can switch Medigap plans anytime you want. So there's a lot of confusion that happens because you see all the advertisements during open enrollment. Now's the time to change your plan. And so you get calls from people who are on Medicare supplements. They're like, hey, I need a change, right? My, my premiums have gotten a little too high. Like, well, we can go through and we can ask you some health questions and make sure that you qualify, but you can't just change your Medicare supplement at any time in the majority of states. Yeah, and you and if you decide that you do want to make a change, it'll, you'll have to go through underwriting. You can't just reshop it, find one with a lower price, and then say, okay, that's the one I want, and just be automatically enrolled into it. You would have to go through through the underwriting, and they can choose to either approve or deny you. Yeah. Hey, one thing I would I would uh, just kind of as as we go through, I want to talk about because there's a lot of agents who do a lot of Medicare Advantage, and then they'll get someone during AEP who who calls and they're interested in leaving their Advantage plan and going to a Medicare supplement. If you are an individual, if, if you have a client who is wanting to do that and they call you and it is November the 15th or I mean, let's say November the 30th and they're, okay. they're calling and they're saying, hey, I want to I move over to, uh, I want to move over to 
in a, a Medicare supplement from my Advantage plan, well, they're going to have to go through underwriting, right? In most in most states, and I got to tell you that during AEP, that's when a lot of people are moving because that you know these commercials get people to 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 move. And so, what I would tell you is, if you're an agent in that situation, especially if it's November 30th, what I would probably do is I would recommend that they wait, and I would recommend and say, hey, look, why don't we do this on January the second or the third, and we'll go ahead and submit your application and once we know you're approved then we'll move you off of the medicare um, medicare advantage plan because you could get in a situation and this is my big concern for people and this is why i always like to let agents know you never want to get into a situation where you've removed them from their medicare advantage plan and then they don't qualify for the medicare supplement right that would be awful and when can you re-enroll into a medicare advantage plan it's only during well if you're if you end up in a situation where you just have original Medicare with a drug plan. As of 1-1. One, one. As of 1-1, one, one, you cannot use OEP. OEP right. is not designed for that. It's only designed for people who have Medicare Advantage plans. So they would be stuck with just original Medicare yeah. and that PDP. So that's why we give that advice and say, let's just put that off until after the new year, see if they can get approved through the underwriting. And you've got the whole month for it to run its course through the underwriting and, and potentially, you know, hopefully get approved. And if it does, then you can disenroll them from their Medicare Advantage plan and onto a PDP onto a drug plan during that MA open during that time. Yeah. But yeah, it can get really, really ugly, really fast. If you, if you had tried to do that on November 30th and it didn't get approved. Yeah. I always tell people like, you know, if they, if they call, let's do it early. So like sometimes, you know, throughout the year, people will say, Hey, look, I, 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 I think I want to go on to a Medicare supplement. I'd like to buy one. Okay, let's let's do that at the beginning of AEP. Let's do that October 15th. Let's see if we can start your application. And then once we do that, and you do that with the 1-1 effective date, but once you get toward the end of the annual enrollment period, then that's the time when we say, hey, let, let's pump the brakes. Let's do this in January. And really what you can do is you can do it with the 2-1 effective date. Okay, so if it doesn't get approved by two one, you just tell them, okay, let's just bump that bump that date back, or you know, because you have really until the last day to disenroll from the Medicare Advantage plan. That's right. So that's just an important little note that we like to let people know. Super super important. Um, another uh, another one that a lot of times people get confused about is about Medicare supplements covering long-term care they don't right they do not uh, that is not something that that original Medicare covers and so the Medicare supplements not going to cover what supplement what a supplement is doing it's supplementing Medicare it's supplementing part a and part B and so long-term care is not something that's covered by original Medicare and it's not covered by Medicare supplements not for Medicare Advantage plans either, which I feel sometimes that's news to agents. Um, when right. we're out there, they get that call from the client, mom's gotta go into a nursing home, um, and does, does, does the plan cover that? Whether they're on a Medicare supplement or a Medicare Advantage plan, that's a, that's a service that is not covered. Yeah, abs absolutely, and so we just need to, to, to be very mindful of that. Hey, why don't we talk real quick, will you explain what a Medicare Select plan is? Yeah, so the way I understand it, Medicare Select is, it's pretty much a Medicare supplement, but with a network. So it's got a network of, of hospitals that you would have to use or facilities that you'd have to use um, when choosing a Medicare Select plan. So why would somebody choose that? Why would I choose a uh, Medicare Select? 
it's going to be more affordable. It's going to have a lower rate than than your you know than your regular Plan G. So if you have a client that you're meeting with and they're looking, they want you to give them a rate for a Plan G and for a Medicare uh, Select plan, the rate's going to be lower with a Medicare Select plan. Yeah, but and a lot of times the way that it is the way the way that they're doing it is based off of a hospital system. So it's like the, the doctors that work with this hospital system, and that that's basically yep. where you go to. So uh, you know they're especially if you're not in a market, you know, if you're in a, if you're in a market like uh, San Antonio, they, they probably have a pretty large network. But what you're doing is you're kind of restricting who you can go to. But that's a way to save costs. If you're in one of those rural areas where there's not a lot of uh, a lot of Medicare Advantage plans as an option, things like that. So, hey, um, I want to very quickly just talk about uh, guaranteed issue rights. And there's some guaranteed issue rights where people can't be turned down in, in, in the standardized states that we kind of mentioned earlier, where you can't be turned down. And first of all, Oscar, uh, based off of your experience, how much money are you making off of uh, guaranteed issue <laughs> sales? I think tra traditionally the, your commission is, is going to be 1%. Uh, yeah, so one or two percent. It's, it's super, super low, and and it clearly like you know the, the a lot of these companies aren't wanting that that business. But I will say there there are some companies that you know, and you, you can find out who they are. There's some companies that are are paying either the same you know the, the full commission, the full commission, or they are paying half of half of it. And so I would say that if that's if that's a um, you know. If it, so I know an agent who, if there is if, if there's guaranteed issue rights, that they'll they'll write it with this other company that's more expensive, but they pay full commission. And if it were me, I probably wouldn't do that. I, I'm the kind of person where I just want to, okay, I'll take this one. I'll, I'll, I'll do this for 1% and then I'll come back and I'll get the next one. Right. It can, it's, and, and that's doing the right thing with your, with your heart in the right place yeah. and you're doing what's best for the individual. And, and you and I are both huge believers in the fact that we know that that's going to come back and reward us, uh, whether it's directly from that client, uh, maybe they'll, they'll start referring business to you or just over, you know, over, over the long run that, yeah. that's, you know, things are good karma and bad karma, right? I feel like it's, it's out there. And I said, if you, if you're doing things with your heart in the right place, good things are going to come to you. So let's, uh, before we wrap up, let's just go ahead and, and just talk about the guaranteed issue rights. Let's make sure that agents understand and have a, have a good understanding of what would qualify for guaranteed issue. So uh, there's a couple real quick. You have a Medicare Advantage plan and your plan is leaving Medicare or stops giving care in your area, or you move out of the plan service area, then you're eligible for guaranteed issue. And so we see that sometimes where Medicare Advantage plans decide to, to kind of pull out and um, they basically, it opens up a, a lot of people when they do that. And we saw that here in Texas a couple of times mm -hmm. recently where a carrier pulled out, pulled out uh, multiple years in a row. And so kind of put people in, in, in situations where they were getting guaranteed issue kind of worked out to the benefit of some people, right? Not to the benefit of the, the Medicare supplement carriers, <laughs> but it works out to the benefit of some people that were kind of hoping that they could, you know, get into a Medicare supplement. Uh, another situation is you have original Medicare and an employer group health plan, including retiree or COBRA coverage or union coverage that pays after Medicare pays, and that plan is ending. 
And then, of course, in this situation, you may have additional rights under state law. So it kind of depends on the state. But that's another situation when you have guaranteed issue. Uh, another one is you have a Medicare, original Medicare and a Medicare select policy, and you move out of the Medicare select policies service area. So that's another one that could get you guaranteed issue. The next is a trial right. And this is a big one. A lot of agents don't really realize. It says you join a Medicare Advantage plan or a, a PACE plan when you were first eligible for Medicare Part A at 65. And within the first year of joining, you decide that you want to switch to original Medicare. So at that point, you can go on to a Medicare supplement. No questions asked. And so I always tell people, look, you, you have a full year. You have 11 months, like 364 days to try this out. Yep. And if it doesn't work for you, then you can go back and really purchase any Medicare supplement that you want during that time. Um, there's a lot of agents that aren't aware of that. And what you use is, what you'll do is you'll move someone onto a Medicare prescription drug plan with the SEP trial right as, as your SEP, and then you get them enrolled, no questions asked, into a Medicare uh, supplement. The next one says, if you dropped a Medigap policy to join a Medicare Advantage plan for the first time, you've been in the plan less than a year and you want to switch back. So we see that where, let's just say that Oscar goes and he sells someone a, a, a Medicare Advantage plan who, who they were interested in, in looking at them. They saw the commercials on TV. They were like, man, I want all that free or all that, all, all the that dental, dental all the and all the, <laughs> yeah, all the vision coverage. I want that gym membership. And then they go on and they're like, man. Like I'm, I'm not getting my referrals on time. I'm not doing this. I actually regret joining that Medicare Advantage plan. Well, they also have a full year, anytime within that first year. And this is a great part. You don't have to wait for open enrollment. If, 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 if a person wants to go back to that Medicare supplement, all they have to do is, again, it's SCP trial right to get onto that prescription drug plan, and then they can go ahead and, uh, and get back onto. The, so this one has a different ca kind of caveat. It says, the, or, or requirement, it says the Medigap policy you had before you joined the Medicare Advantage plan or Medicare Select policy if the same insurance company you had before still sells it. If your former Medigap policy isn't available, then you can buy a B, C, D, F, G, K, or L that's sold in your state by any insurance company. But you really got to go back to your old company first. The next one is your Medigap insurance company goes bankrupt and you lose your coverage or your Medigap policy coverage otherwise ends through no fault of your own. Then you get guaranteed issue as well. And then you leave a Medicare Advantage plan or drop a Medigap policy because the company hasn't followed the rules or it misled you. First of all, with that one, it's got to be determined by the by by Medicare. You can't yeah, just be like not by the not yeah. by the customer. Yeah, you can't just be like, now they didn't do a good job, so <laughs> so give me guaranteed issue. So those are, and I think that every every state has kind of their own. I know here in Texas um, that if somebody loses Medicaid eligibility, that's the eighth one. So, okay. uh, so every state has kind of their own. So I would look into your own state, just make sure you do. But again, the reason that we do this uh, podcast is we know that there's agents out there. If you're in your car, I don't want you kind of listening to the, uh, so I was gonna, I, I got a big chuckle when I said slide into the DM. So I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna uh, what, what, whatever music that people are listening to, let's, let's, let's sharpen our tools. Let's get better at Medicare. And that's the point of the show. So do us a favor. If you, uh, if, if you've gotten any value, 
if you would share it with someone else that that is uh, that you know that does Medicare, we'd really appreciate appreciate that. I'd say that we'd appreciate also if you'd subscribe and like our our channel and uh, follow us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to uh, we share a lot of content on a regular basis, and we'd love to to share more. So thank you guys so much, and we'll see you next time.